Hey guys, Katie here, uh, founder and director of Pulp Town, Orlando's almost daily cheat sheet to the city, where Tuesdays through Fridays, I land in your inbox. And then on Mondays, I head to downtown Orlando's number one co-working space. That would be Venture X. Adventure X, I record this here podcast courtesy of my bud, Vic Martinez, who is over here right now. He works with Brand Crumbs Media. Ooh. He's the one who helps clean this up week to week. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for joining in again for another episode of 15 Minutes in Pulp Town. <laughs> Today, we're going to kick it right off with this week's hot topics. Number one, the Florida Board of Education uh, passed some guidelines against cr- critical race theory in history classes this week. They adopted a new rule Thursday that would prevent public schools from teaching critical race theory. So this was originally pushed by Governor DeSantis, who had actually sent out a video addressing uh, critical race theory and encouraged the board to ban it. He said that he wants to prevent instructors from teaching kids to hate their country, and he thinks that teaching critical race theory actually would hurt the founding fathers and doesn't think that it needs to be taught in state classrooms. And to clap back at that, several people responded on Twitter, including Anna Eskamani and several other Orlandoans and Floridians. And yeah, so critical race theory is actually a way of teaching that came about like probably 40 years ago. The core idea is that racism is a social construct and that is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but it's also something embedded in our legal systems and our policies. What came from that uh, was a legal analysis in the late 1970s and early 1980s. 80s that kind of painted history to be a little bit differently than maybe what our history books have long said. So that's what's going on there. Florida Board of Education voted to ban critical race theory from the state classrooms. And that is where we are with that. Speaking of some drama in the courts, uh, there's drama currently surrounding cruises. Just last week, Judge Stephen Maryday heard arguments from both sides about the state's motion for a preliminary injunction against the CDC. Came about actually in October from Governor DeSantis and General or Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. Um, they both basically said that cruise companies are trying their best to work with the CDC because they have no choice, but if the CDC continues its overreach. They think that this is hurting Florida and hurting cruises from being able to uh, pursue cruising again. So the judge heard from both sides and is expected to give a response soon. For now, there are cruise lines that are already ready to go out the gate as soon as they get the green light. But right now, the CDC has says, OK, like if you want to go, that's fine. But you got to do some test runs before. And then in doing the test runs, then after that, they can make decisions on whether or not they have passed all the things they need to pass to be able to sail again. And just last week, one cruise line did all the proper testing. All the things were great, except when they go to disembark the ship, there were two cases of COVID. That's where we stand right now with cruises in Florida. Okay, number three, summer travel is on the rise. Apparently, Orlando airports are adding more and more routes to meet the growing demand. There are several airlines that have either begun flying out of MCO or have changed uh, their routes. I know that there's one airline that just started a weekly nonstop route between MCO and Columbia. As you can tell, summer travel is up. People are ready to travel, ready to go and get out there. And our airlines and airports are responding. Uh, Just before Memorial Day weekend, I think we hit pre-pandemic numbers or came really close. So... Um, also happening this summer, Wild Florida. Wild Florida expanded its drive through safari. They added two more miles of safari fun, which means two times the amount of animals they have. I'm pretty stinking excited because I got invited to go this weekend. So I'm going to go check it out on Saturday. I'm going to take my four-year-old nephew. Hopefully he's not listening to this podcast. Spoiler alert. They offer these new VIP buggy rides. So you get to be even more up close and personal 
with the animals. So that's really exciting. And then on this Monday, June 14th, they're doing their official ribbon cutting. It's turned out to be really popular. And so now they're growing two times. And so that's amazing. Congrats to them. In some local food news, PDQ and Four Rivers have partnered on a chicken sandwich. PDQ, they will be selling the chicken sandwich. Four Rivers, uh, what's happening here is that the, that the sales of the sandwich will actually benefit Four Rivers nonprofit, which is Four Roots. So you can get that sandwich at most PDQs around the state from June 15th until August 2nd. It is a $6.99 sandwich. It is Four Rivers barbecue sauce, the signature mustard barbecue sauces. Uh, it's on a bed of guacamole, cabbage, pepper jack cheese, all the fun stuff, what have you. That's happening over at PDQ to support local nonprofit for Roots happening June 15th through August 2nd. And continuing with the food news, White Castle. White Castle has reopened its virtual ghost kitchen. It is for pickup only. It serves a downtown community. It can actually serve anywhere if you're willing to drive. Um, from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. daily. They're operating out of the Dollins Food Hall. Um, to order, you have to go through the White Castle app or from their website. You can also go to the White Castle in person if you'd rather. Um, if you're downtown, it's a little bit further of a drive. So up to you if you either want to go out to the new White Castle out in like Horizons West. One last thing I will mention is that uh, last week, a lot of people took to Twitter and Facebook Facebook and Instagram to air their grievances about the fact that the hideaway bar has some new digs in the works. So basically the hideaway bar, which is located in Ivanhoe across from the new yard that is being built, is going to move locations for a while now. We haven't really known exactly what was going to happen with all of those places over there as several places had to make some moves to accommodate the yard and the yard is also trying to uh, keep them and accommodate them as well. So now there's these new renderings out about the hideaway and it's going to look a lot different than it does now and that's what actually had people all up in arms because they really like things as they have been and they feel like we're losing a bit of Orlando uh, by them changing to this new upscale look. This won't happen for a few years because this will be the third phase for the yard and right now they're still in the first phase so we still got some time. But I will note that after reading the article in Bungalower, one of the things that the staff member said at Hideaway Bar that I think is poignant is that you don't stop visiting your friends when they move to a new house. That's ridiculous. You cheer them on and you're happy for them. That's what's happening with us. Same family, different house. So I think it's something to consider. I think definitely like, you know, the Hideaway Bar has a lot of great memories and holds a lot of great memories for a lot of people for a long time. But things change and that's one of them. And so that is headed in years to come. So anyway, that's what's going on with Hideaway. And then there's also this drama happening over at Luma on Park. Luma on Park on Park Ave in Winter Park uh, closed down last September, I believe. Um, moved out of the building and cited just some issues with like the landlord and, and such. And the landlord saying, hey, like you haven't paid me in six months. And it just became all this big drama. But the landlord in the meantime has signed on a new restaurant to move in. And Luma says, no, I want my space back. So that's a whole another thing happening. But the new restaurant that's supposed to be coming is a Mediterranean concept out of Miami. And this is their sister. This will be their sister concept. And it's called AVA or AVA. We'll wait to see what unfolds there. But that has made some headlines in the Sentinel and the Weekly and also over on Bungalore if you want to read more about it. All right, that will do it. That's all of the hot topics I have for you this week. So we're going to keep it moving over to the top events. We're just coming off of a weekend full of Pulse-related events. We just hit the five-year mark since the worst tragedy in Central Florida history in uh, the second worst mass shooting ever in the country. So... Um, 
Yeah, so it was a crazy weekend full of events. And in the week ahead, there are still some Pulse Remembrance events happening. You can look for those just by going over to Facebook, also on Eventbrite and elsewhere. But I know that there are some events happening still this week. So definitely keep those events in mind. There are also support for you, uh, such as One Orlando Alliance, and then also the Orlando United Assistance Center. All those places are out there for you to contact and uh be in touch with. And if you haven't yet, the History Center just had the Pulse exhibit up and it was or it's still up. It's up through August 15th. But over the weekend, it was free to view and free to attend the History Center. And now you can still get your tickets. I think tickets are like eight bucks. But again, that's up through uh, August 15th. And it is a very beautiful and touching tribute to the 49 souls we lost and then also just about how the community responded and how not only just the community but how our community how like had this ripple effect and how it has impacted the whole globe basically and so to be able to see like how people in Moscow Russia have responded how people in uh, London responded anyway beautiful worth checking out definitely get over there and do that moving right along on Thursday June 17th Cooking with Beer. It's a culinary curiosities event happening over at the Edible Education Experience. The Edible Education Experience is located in College Park. They do these kinds of classes, I would say, I don't know, weekly probably. Um, but this one is a specific one, Cooking with Beer. Dr. Ken Fry will teach you how to use your favorite beers to transform food and bring new flavors to the table. Uh, that is a $50 ticket Uh worth checking out again edible education experience pretty awesome over there in college park june 17th thursday 6 p.m also happening on thursday sunset at the zoo make your way to central florida zoo that is the nights for adults only uh no kids allowed but from 5 to 8 p.m thursday june 17th you could head to the zoo and you can get food adult beverages for purchase uh tickets are seven dollars uh mosey on over to sanford on Friday, Wellsbuilt Museum in Paramore, the Wellsbuilt Museum of African American History and Culture is hosting Freedom Day. That is happening at 6 p.m. They're having a celebration, spoken word. They do this year after year. I think last year was canceled due to the pandemic. It is the 169th anniversary of Juneteenth, and that is in celebration before actually Juneteenth will be on su- on Saturday, June 19th. We have some other events for you to check out too, but you can shop local Black-owned businesses, uh, hear from different people in the community. It's going to be a great event, June 18th, 6 p.m. It will be outside, I believe. There will be food trucks, open air, market, all the things. So Wellsbuilt Museum, Friday night, June 18th, 6 p.m. On Saturday, from the comfort of your home, Saturday at 7 p.m., tune in to Channel 9. Channel 9 is doing a special broadcasting of a Juneteenth event. It is a one-hour special titled Race and Reform in Central Florida. You'll hear from several people in the community, including Eddie Morton from Lyft Orlando, some folks from the Walt Disney Company, Orlando Magic, all kinds of folks. Anyway, they will all be talking and having an important discussion about the history of the black community in Orlando. And that is happening again June 19th, Saturday at 7 p.m. Also happening on Saturday, this is completely different, but Drag Brunch is happening over at Island Time. It's happening on Saturdays and Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Passed by, it's happening in Thornton Park, and I've passed by just last weekend, and it looked like a hootin' and hollerin' good time. So if you are into fun drag shows and then also a good tasty brunch, Island Time is where it's at on Saturdays and Sundays. The tables are a little close, um, so just keep that in mind uh, before you go. I don't say I didn't warn you, but like as long as you're comfortable, that's what's happening over at Island Time, 10.30 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays looks like like I said a roaring good time 
Also on Saturday, Orlando City is playing Toronto FC. That game is at 7.30 p.m. happening at Exploria Stadium. Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Orlando City. And then on Sunday, Orlando Pride is facing off against Gotham FC, and their game is at 6 p.m. So you can double up on your Orlando loving, soccer loving matches this weekend. All right, so that is all that's happening. That's not all that's happening, but these are the five events we chose for uh, the week ahead. So have fun out there. Let us know if you go to any of these events by tagging us on Instagram if you post a photo or a story using the hashtag Pulptown or 15 Minutes in Pulptown or Live Like You Live Here. But yeah, so let's move right along to the final segment of this podcast. Tell you the five accounts that you should be following on the internet. All right, so for the five accounts you should be following this week, Liberation Cat House. Liberation Cat House is an animal rescue, cat rescue. Um, They do really good work in the community. They pop up at different markets and stuff like farmers markets and stuff like that happening around town. But all that work is volunteer led. They had the pasta kitties, which I definitely have mentioned in the newsletter. And there were like six cats that were just all freaking adorable. And they named them all after pastas. So Rotini, Manicotti, and like Penne, all these things. Anyway, they were real cute and they all got adopted and I was real sad because I kept trying to hint that I wanted one, but nobody was listening. But anyway, follow Liberation Cat House if you like cats. They're real freaking cute. Um, That's just Liberation Cat House on Instagram. Number two, Kayla O'Brien Media. Kayla O'Brien used to be Pulp Town's videographer, and she produced some beautiful videos for us back when we had the resources to have her, and she's amazing. And since then, she's now posting and sharing a lot of tips about what you need to make compelling videos and to help sell your brand and such. So anyway, you should be following her over on Instagram. That's Kayla O'Brien Media, K-A-Y-L-A-O-B-R-I-E-N Media. Number three, keep it moving, Deeply Coffee. So Deeply Coffee, man, I've gone there three times last week. I don't, I haven't drank coffee in like a freaking year. And last week I tried their decaf oat milk latte with honey and now I'm freaking hooked and I've gone three times. Uh, I don't drink caffeine, so that's why I get the decaf. I just run on fumes over here all the time. But um, yeah, it's freaking delicious. And I dare say that I think it's my favorite coffee in town. I mean, I've had my fair share. I I did like to drink coffee back when I was out more in coffee shops, but it's been a while. And anyway, Deeply Coffee currently has my heart. Deeply Coffee on Instagram. Um, Shout out to Penny Brave. Penny Brave, uh, Ariel Hernandez owns that. And it is a t-shirt and sweatshirt making company that's been around forever. And I always see him when I go in Deeply Coffee and he's just so kind and all the people that work there. So anyway, follow Deeply Coffee. If you wanna look up Penny Brave, you can find them on Instagram too under Penny Brave. Um, number four, I'm going to go with Donovets Confections. Donovets, D-O-N-E-V-E-T-T-E-S underscore confections, C-O-N-F-E-C-T-I-O-N-S. This is a bakery, Bakery and Sweet Treats. They're usually at Lake Eola's Farmer's Market. They've been around for a long time and just her creations are insane. If you like, if you have a sweet tooth like I do, you should go and follow that page and just watch it. She shows like some, sometimes like how she's making, making all the things. My favorite part, I think, or the thing that I really like the most are their cake pops or cake pops are insane and uh it's just yeah so anyway she's great you should follow her <laughs> number five last one downtown orlando downtown orlando is the official instagram account for 
you guessed it, downtown Orlando. And it's managed by the city of Orlando. They have hired some young bucks, I swear, because these people are out there putting out the TikToks and the Instagram stories. Man, I just sounded like a boomer, the TikToks. Anyway, you should follow it, downtown Orlando. It's downtown, uh, D-W-N-T-W-N underscore Orlando. So no O's in the downtown. Um, And that's how you can find them on Instagram. And that's it. Those are the five people you should be following on the internet this week. If you have suggestions for who else we should be following and who I should shout out next week on the podcast, you can slide on into my DMs on Instagram, Pulp Town, or you can send me an email, katie at pulp.town, no.com. So katie, K-A-T-I-E at pulp.town. Thanks for tuning in and hanging with me all the way till the end. Thank you, Brand Crumbs Media and Vic Martinez for always making this happen for me week to week. I really appreciate you. And to VentureX for giving me a spot to pop up and record the podcast. Uh, I will see you in your inboxes tomorrow or Tuesday through Friday and then back here in your earbuds on Monday. Earbuds, not earbuds. That's all. You got a you got a sign off for me, Victor? Stay pulpy, Orlando. Stay pulpy, Orlando.